0: Hey, it's Ethan Meyer, and welcome to a kaleidoscopic mind. I'm just uh, just checking in. It's gonna be kind of a quick episode. I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, kind of a overly tedious week. Nothing, you know, nothing too crazy to talk about. Um, yeah, I know. Last episode was kind of kind of a bummer. You know, I was talking about being in being in a funk, being in kind of a low place. Um, I can I can tell you that I'm not as low <laughs> as before. Um, you know, it's definitely it's definitely been a better week. Um, you know, still got a lot of a lot of stress, stressful things going on uh, in my life right now, so, it's just, that's also, you know, that has a lot to do with it as well, because it's just kind of keeping, you know, keeping me weighed down until this, uh, until this ordeal's over with, um, and we, you know, there's, we still got a lot of time on that, so, but, I'm in, I'm in better spirits, better mindset, um, been trying to do a little bit more for myself you know if that's reading or just taking some time to like listen to some music and chill play some video games you know whatever I can do to kind of help um you know alleviate some of that stress and some of that negative thinking and and all that um so i <laughs> still been playing still been playing a lot of chivalry um I, pr- I would say I probably play every night for at least like an hour or two before before I check out, go to bed. Um, but um, today, what is it? Um, the 15th, uh, the game Pentiment came out on uh, on Xbox. And I want to say it's on PC, but I'm not for sure. Anyways, I, it's on Game Pass. I have Game Pass. And I've been looking forward to this since it was announced a year ago. During one of the game conferences i can't i can't remember if it was like an actual xbox showcase if it was like summer game fest or some shit but i know it's first party xbox because it's obsidian which is now owned by xbox um and uh i literally just started it so i'm maybe not like i'm like an hour into it but it's like a you know it's it's an it's an adventure game like a kind of in the same stylings as, like, those old PC point-and-click adventure games. Um, The basic, like, most basic uh, story concept here is it's essentially just, like, a medieval murder mystery. Um, You play a character, Andreas, who is an artist, and, you know, I haven't got that far into the story, but, you know, from the trailers and what we know about it it like he gets embroiled up in some sort of like murder mystery so so far i'm really digging it the art the art styling for it is amazing it's like old sort of like medieval dark ages like paintings and drawings has that kind of um silent style to it the ui's like really cool because even the ui is like on theme where it's stylized um the writing is you know very sharp Um, the music, I mean, it's even, you know, medieval style music, like they, the aesthetic they were going for, they really nailed it on, on every front, not just like story and gameplay, but just like the way it looks and feels and, and handles. It's, uh, it's really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to getting more into it. You know, those games, there's not a whole lot of like gameplay to you it's essentially just moving around a space and finding objects interacting with them reading a lot of text boxes making choices it's you know it's like a you know it's like a video game book you know like a <laughs> visual book um but those things work if the writing and the storyline and the characters are actually interesting because you don't really like I said you don't have a lot of gameplay so it's it can't fall into a lot of video game trappings where it's like, eh, the story's kind of shit, but the game's fun to play. Like These sorts of adventure games need to kind of be the opposite, where the story has to be the driving force, not the gameplay, because it's very, you know, basic. Um, like I said, I'm only like an hour and hour or two in, but I'm already incredibly intrigued. Um, you know, like I said, I was already like really digging the... The style from the, like the trailers so i've been looking forward to this for a while so i'll be playing that in between chivalry um i have so much shit installed on my xbox that i haven't even like touched like i still have uh death loop on there i need to play i need to play both the plague tale games because i really want to play requiem because it's getting a lot of like really good feedback so i really want to You know, I really want to play it, but I want to play the first one. Um, The winter update for Halo just came out. So I I very, you know, just got in to see what the new multiplayer game mode was like. Played that for a little bit. Um, It's essentially, it's just one flag, basically. Attackers, defenders. Um, It's fun. It's, you know, it's nothing, nothing too crazy new. There's two new maps. I've only played one of them because I think they were having issues with the other map not being populated in some of the playlists. So I've never actually, I haven't, I still haven't got to play on it because it's never showed up. Um, I think it's Argyle. Argyle's the name of the list. Or the, the map. Whatever the fuck. But, so I played, you know, I just maybe played an hour of Halo in the new update. I haven't done any campaign co-op. Um, I'm still trying to find some Fun, uh some people to try and do the campaign and co-op I've already beat the campaign but I want to go through it again and it'd, it'd be cool to do it like since this halo is a little bit more open world it'd be kind of cool to do the you know with having like multiple people playing um and I definitely haven't gotten into forge just the just seeing some of the like debrief videos on everything you can do in Forge it's changed a lot since I used to use forge which was like Halo 3, Reach, Reach Days. I made a lot of... Uh, was it on ODST, too? I don't remember, but... The earliest renditions of Forge were, like, pretty basic um, map editing. Like, they, I mean, they were still robust enough that you could make a cool, functional multiplayer map. And that's what I would do. But, man, the new Forge, it's it's like a fucking game engine. Like, it's, it's like getting like an unreal or something and putting it in halo like some of the shit people are making it kind of reminds me of uh that playstation game um dreams that media molecule did the same people that did little big planet they made that game dreams which is essentially just a game engine and people were making like you know remakes of classic games and you know, reimaginings and trying to just, like, recreate a game. Like, people were making, like, Skyrim and shit and dreams. And um, Forge reminds me of that. Some of the stuff, Forge has been out for, like, just now a week. And just seeing all the crazy shit the community has been putting together. Like, someone made a multiplayer game mode and a map. Um, I think they just called it, I think it's just called Diglet, Where there's just, like, a dozen or so. Um, holes in the in the map and each player has their own hole and you can just like choose when to like pop your head up and pop a shot it's <laughs> like there's no moving there's no like running around everyone just like sits in their little, their little diglet hole and pops their head up snipes somebody pops back down like it looks fucking ridiculous um, people are like recreating classic Halo maps already I've seen plenty of like blood gulches and sidewinder and Um, a lot of like OG Halo maps people were already recreated, people were trying to recreate other maps and other games a lot of Call of Duty maps I've seen so it seems like the winter update actually like managed to I mean not only did they pull off the update but it managed to like kind of you know, get some kudos from the Halo community because infinite For all its for everything it did right, it's like one of the worst launches for like a multiplayer experience because it was so bones dry on content and rewards, but the core gameplay was so fucking good. It is I mean it is so good. It's still good, and it was so nostalgic to like older Halos that people were a little bit more, you know, they weren't they weren't totally negative and hard on the team because they're like yeah okay it's fun to play but they're what am i playing for because there's no fucking you know there's nothing so and the game's been out over a year or coming up on a year i can't even remember i know i think it came out in december not november last year but anyways it's almost been a year and they're just now got like features in it like campaign co-op and forge which it's always launched with the product, with Halo, for, you know, so, anyway, it seems like they finally got Infinite up to, like, launch date a year later, after already already year delay, so, I can't imagine the shit that that game has gone through, and how many different iterations, I'd be interested to see what Halo Infinite looked like three years ago, like, was it a totally different game, did it have a different style, different story, like, There's so many changes on the team during production and different creative directors coming in and writers and Yeah, I can't imagine the fucking development process for that thing. But tell you what, it sure is fun as hell to play. I think I have I'm pretty terrible at math, but like on Xbox will track your time in a game, but it does it in like days, hours. And I think I have like nine days and twenty hours or something in infinite and Pretty much all of that besides maybe 20 hours is multiplayer. So they're definitely doing something right. Um, but yeah, I mean, game-wise, that's pretty much it. Just just started playing Pentiment today and then uh, <laughs> Chivalry 2 basically every night. Um, I've noticed, like, the more I play that game, the more I start seeing the little... Um, like bugs and, and not necessarily like bugs because bugs are, are kind of like are like glitches and stuff like that are more like random. But like I'm noticing like things about the like matchmaking for one. I feel like the matchmaking is just fucking random. Like it, ha- it doesn't seem like it's based on rank or pl- like player style or you know. Anything like that because you'll you'll load in a game and you can pull up the scoreboard, and since this game is cross not all, it's cross play or like cro, yeah cross play between Xbox and PC, right? In a game like this where it's all about positioning, not only your player like body character but like your cursor on the screen kind of dictates not only where you're gonna hit but how you move the analog sticks or the mouse is how you like swing and all this shit like it's very you know, it's it's like a fighting game. It's very precise. So obviously, PC players are going to have the advantage. You know, you're if you're working on keys, like, strafing is so much fucking easier and a lot, f- like, more, uh, like, faster, more finesse. And then the mouse is... It's so much easier to swing your weapon around with a fucking mouse than it is a joystick, right? So PC players definitely have an edge. So you'll load up matchmaking, and one team... Will be like sixty percent PC players, and then the team you're on are just like all low rank console players. I'm just like, what the fuck? Why am I? I'm not even. Why are even loading into this match? We're just gonna lose. Like <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. And it almost always turns out that way. This is the this is like one of the few multiplayer games where I can pull up the scoreboard while the match is loading, and almost always predict the outcome just by looking at how the ranks are separated or like how many pc players are on one team or another and you can just look at it and be like oh yeah they're probably gonna win and i would say i'm right three-fourths of the time so i've that's kind of put a da- a little dampener in my like playing with it because you know i'll load up a match and and i immediately we'll pull up a scoreboard and if it's like even or you know whatever i'll be like okay cool this might this is going to be like a fairly fair fight it'll be enjoyable it won't just be like you know you get so lopsided that it's not even enjoyable because the team just like ransacks you and the game the whole match is over in like five minutes when like a really good competitive match can last like 30 minutes right those are the fucking those are the ones you like because like just seeing that give and take and that like, tug of war on the battlefield with like a fairly even matched uh, even ranked like you know setup is way better than a lopsided affair cuz a lopsided affair you're just like all right fucking just shot my head off like I just anything to get this over faster <laughs> like so i'll fire up the you know i i actually played just right before i recorded this podcast and I pulled up a match, and it was like half the team on the other side. Their ranks were in the hundreds, and then there was a fuck ton of PC players. And then I look at my team, and like the highest rank is like a forty-nine, and and mostly console players. So I was just like, Nah, I'm just I'm just gonna not play this match. <laughs> like it's just I just fucking. I just dropped out, and I was just like, All right, well I'll check back once I'm done recording this fucking podcast. So. <laughs> So that's one of the things that I've noticed that kind of sucks. And it's almost like pulling back the veil a little bit. I'm just like, okay, yeah, their matchmaking is not super great. And I'm starting to get, like, playing on a a gamepad, like a controller over a keyboard, is definitely a handicap because so many actions that you can do are mapped to the same button, but it's how you use the button determines on what action you're trying to do. So, like... I'm playing on Xbox, right? So I'm using an Xbox controller. The X, if you hold it down, it pulls up this radial wheel with all your emotes. And there's like social ones and tactical ones and then just like stupid shit like dancing and shit. Or if you just tap X, that's how you pick up objects or revive teammates. But then there's things in the game that's part of the game mode, like picking up a torch where you have to hold X... For a certain amount of seconds. Before you can pick up the torch. Well. <laughs> that's also how you bring up the fucking. Like emotes. So unless your reticule. Is right on the object. You're just. You're it, like. It's so finicky. Because too many buttons are. Too many things are mapped to the same button. Like how to crouch and. Kick are like on the same thing. And uh. Or no, it's crouching, or uh, you can use, the, like, the hilt of your sword or, like, the the shaft of, like, an axe or whatever and, like, push your enemy back or, like, kind of, like, pop him in the jaw. And it's, like, a tap, but if you hold it, that's how you crouch, or it's vice versa. So, like, you'll be in a fight, and you want to, like, you know, pop a dude in the face, but then you crouch. <laughs> or you're on the defense, and you're trying to crouch, and instead you, like, go in for a, an elbow the dude just chops your fucking head off. So, like, there's stuff like that where, you know, depending on your play style or what you're trying to do, like, you can manage, but it is kind of annoying with a gamepad. And there's no, I haven't found a way to actually go in and remap um, the controller through, like, the game on console. I'm sure you can, you know, map your keyboard just fine on a PC if you're playing on, like, Steam or whatever the fuck but they won't let you remap a controller. So you can't even like, like uh, crouching. I don't do a whole lot. So I wish I could just like take that and just either delete it or move it to something I never fucking use. Um, but like, I always try and like kick somebody. And instead of kicking, I like, you know, do like I jump or something. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> so I just wish there was just like certain actions I can get rid of for my like specific, um, uh, like fight style or whatever, but the gameplay is it's just so fun and tactical, and you know, I mean, you can go in there just swing like an idiot and you might get a kill or two, but you know, it's it's a hell of a lot better if you actually like know how to fight, right? If you actually the the tutorial in the game is actually really good at like teaching you all the techniques. And when, like, not only, like, how to use them, but, like, when best to use them. And if you actually, like, remember a lot of that stuff from the tutorial, it does make a huge fucking difference on the battlefield. And that's why I like the game, because it's a little, it's skill-based, but it's still, like, the, the entry point isn't, like, so high that, like, a casual can't just get in there and have fun. So I think that's part of the reason why I'm just, like, really into it. Is I don't have to play all the time To feel like I'm getting good I can just like jump in for a match or two Before bed or whatever And, and still like contribute to the team and, and not be a you know A noob Running around So, so yeah I've been doing a lot of that but, um, I still haven't watched any I can't even remember the last fucking movie I watched um, Well yeah I can It was fucking Hocus Pocus 2 uh, the sequel to a beloved Halloween classic. <laughs> yeah, that was the... I can't end this year with Hocus Pocus 2 as my last film. It's a travesty. I'll fix that shit. Um, I have been watching a show, though, my wife and I. Um, we didn't really watch anything for Halloween, but like the day of or the day before or something like that, we started watching... Um, Guillermo Del Toro's new show on Netflix, um, Cabinet of Curiosities, it's a uh, a horror, thriller, mystery, uh, anthology series. So like each episodes, different actors and characters and storyline and everything, and they're all they're all based off like a lot or not all of them I can't say, but a lot of them are based off uh, adapted works. Like there's I think two or three of the episodes are Lovecraft and. Um, I think Del Toro actually wrote one of the stories himself. Maybe been the first, first or second episode, but anyways, they're all, they all kind of. I don't know if this was like a mandate for the show. I kind of want to look into this, like how it was actually produced, because all the, all the episodes that I've seen, I think there's eight or nine episodes, and we're on the last one. There's only there's only one left that where we're at. So, but anyways. All the episodes have this, uh, like, whatever the big bad is or whatever the monster... Because all of them, let's say most of them are, like, mon- have, like, some sort of, like, monster or creature or some sort of, like, weird el- elemental thing. And they're all done with, uh, like, special effects, right? They're all practicals. They're all, like, real, like, suits or prosthetics or... You know, animatronics, like, everything is real. There's no, you know, there's no, like, CGI. Or if there is CGI, it's very light. Because all, it's mostly, like, a physical structure. Which is totally Del Toro, right? Like, everything he does is latex suits and makeup and, you know, this, that, and the other. So, I want to say since it's, he's the executive producer, it's his name on the fucking show. I want to say he probably, like, told all these directors, like, hey... I want all practicals for everything, right? So that's one of the coolest things about the show is like it's all practical effects. It's like very like a lot of the episodes like kind of just feel like a like horror from like the seventies. Like it's got it's that it's got that kind of like tone. A couple of the episodes are definitely shot to like hit that like I think one of the episodes actually takes place in the seventies. So they really like the film style is very evocative of films of that time, um, but yeah, it's 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 a fucking good show. Um, like I said, there we're seven or eight episodes in, and there's only been one that was kind of uh, kind of a letdown. It's kind of dull. Um, it's the one that's directed by Catherine Hardwick. which. <laughs> The only thing, I mean, I know she's done a lot of stuff, but like her, I think, most popular or most well-known would be the first Twilight movie. Which, if you've seen that movie and you're not, you know, a 13-year-old girl that just loves the (laughs) characters of the story or whatever the fuck, that movie is just shot horribly. Like, it's just like the cheapest, shittiest looking production I've ever seen. We're not ever seen. There's a lot of bad movies, but it's pretty fucking bad. Like, when you're so cheap that you're trying to make your vampires look like they're moving fast by just putting them on, like, rugs and just pulling them really fast. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And the lighting and the color grading, everything is just so. Shitty. It's all just cheap and amateur looking, and I don't know if they're doing that on purpose because it's a shitty book, and they're just like, well, that's just, it's <laughs> <that's laughs> match the match the source material, or if she's just like, you know, that's maybe like mediocre to like glaringly bad is like her style, because one of the episodes in Cabinet of Curiosities, it just looks. <laughs> The practicals look too sh- like too bad. They look too like watching it, it's almost like theatrical and not like film, but like, you know, actual theater, like a stage play because it looks so fucking cheap that you can like tell that you're on a film set. Like the lighting is so bad and flat and the like just the scenes just look f- like prefab, like fake and shitty and the props like there there's like a a character kind of like going through a portal to another dimension and the portal is kind of like tree roots and branches and brambles and stuff but the wood is just like i don't know it's (laughs) you could tell it's like fake because it just is like smooth you know like it's all just plastic it just looks it just looks really bad and the acting's not fucking good at all from really anyone besides like the main character who is actually played by uh Rupert Grant, um, if you, for the Potterheads out there, that's, uh, Ron Weasley, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he does a good job, like, he's, but he doesn't really have a lot to work with because all his, like, supporting cast are so fucking bad, um, in fact, I can never remember this guy's name because besides being a bad actor, I have no reason to know his name, but he also plays the elf... And uh, Rings of Power that everyone was, you know, trying to burn down the internet for because he's black. <laughs> for You know, whatever. But he's also in um, this episode of Cabinet of Curiosities. And he's just as shitty an actor in this as he is in Rings of Power. He's just like, you can tell. It's almost like uh, off camera somebody, someone's holding a cue card with his lines on it. Cause it's just it's it just feels so like like he's reading it as but it was to like speaking it if that makes sense it's just <laughs> fucking bad <laughs> like he has he's like tone deaf and he doesn't understand like emotions like he's just very flat and dull and just boring even his face is like expressionless like there's a scene like I don't want, I don't know, I don't want to spoil it but. Watch the episode and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just like my wife and I just like looked at each other and laughed. We're like, seriously? Like this is this is what the fuck we get. Um But yeah, besides that episode, they're all bangers. Like they're all fucking and they're like clever, you know? They're not super tropey. Um there's actual like legitimate like <laughs> uh like not not twists right they're not about they're all not they're not hacks um but just like how they how they handle a certain situation or how they like um how they re- do like a a reveal or something like that just kind of catches you off not catches you off guard where it's like a jump scare or something but it's just like oh i didn't think that they were going to do it that way okay this is cool like it just has like a feeling of being different, a little and unique. A lot of the storylines are just feel like uh, fresh, I guess. Um, I think my favorite one so far is the second episode. It's called Graveyard Rats, and it's essentially about a uh, a grave a grave robber who's down on his luck, and he's got some like pretty you know some pretty bad dudes after him that want to kill him unless he pays these debts. So he start he's trying to look for like this big score or whatever but um, in this particular like graveyard like if the rats chew through the coffin they usually take all the you know they take the body and the treasure and everything you know whatever jewelry the person was wearing or whatever the whatever they were buried with they like take it down to their like their rat holes or whatever so this dude's trying to find these this like um I think it's a lady, like this rich old lady, because she's just like buried in a fuck ton of jewelry or something. Or no, it's a man. It's like a like a he's either royalty or military or something, because he's buried in like all his gold medals and his sword and all this other shit. But this grave robber's trying to get to it before the rats do. And uh, like I said, I don't want to spoil anything, but the way the episode is shot and how it's lit. And I just found out a couple of days ago that the director who did it uh, came out and said that he actually, the way he filmed it was for he was going to do it in black and white, right? But Netflix just wanted to do, release everything in color to keep consistent, so it all felt like a, one cohesive anthology or whatever. But he, they were they did like release the black and white version as like a, a bonus or whatever. And I haven't checked it out yet, but just the way that that episode is shot and how it's lit, like, it's most of the scenes are lit by just, like, one light light source, like a lantern or, or candlelight or something like that. So watching that in black and white with just, like, a singular light source, like, that would, it's, that seems like that'd be really fucking cool. It's also, if you... If you're a claustrophobic person, if you have claustrophobia, uh, this episode's not for you. I'll just tell you that right now. It's, I'm, like, borderline claustrophobic. Like, not to the point where I can't be in, like, elevators and shit like that. But, like, really tiny, like, crawl spaces. Like, if you ever had, like, a crawl space under your house where you gotta crawl under and check, like, piping or something. Like, that shit, like, I can do it, but I just am uncomfortable. And watching this episode, like... Gave me that feeling of just like, Ugh, fuck, I don't want to do uh, that. Sucks. I don't want to be. I would not want to do that. And honestly, there's a there's another episode that has a lot of uh, a lot of what make, makes you just like makes your skin crawl or cringe or whatever. It's all like it's not like uh, a situation that happens. It's like how you. It's like a sound. It's very it's very sound based. Just, like, a lot of, like, slime and slop and ooze and... Ugh, it's fucking gross. It's just... (laughs) Just, I'm, like, picturing it right now. I'm just like, fuck that episode. (laughs) Like, any... Like, it's almost like each episode has a different way to make you feel uncomfortable. Because so far, like, by the, you know, by the time credits hit, my wife and I were just like, holy... We just, like, look at each other and we're just like, holy shit. Like, what did we just watch? Like... They're not, like, scary. They just... They're, like, unnerving or unsettling. or are just... Or makes you feel gross. And, uh... But, yeah. So, if you're into any of that shit... <laughs> I'd say check it out. Because it's a fucking cool show. And it's Del Toro. So, if you... You know... If you like Del Toro and you like his shtick and his vibe or whatever. How he films and his types of stories. Um... Then you'll then you'll like this show because uh even if you're like watching an episode and you don't think it's gonna go there or have something it's more <laughs> it probably will <laughs> so but yeah it, it's a it's a cool show so we've been watching that we're gonna try and finish it at some point but um it's been it's been pretty hectic lately trying to like spend any time together like we're just one person's here, one, the other's gone, and when that person comes, and that person's gone. and By the time we get our son in bed, you know, my wife's, like, tired. She goes to bed. I stay up, play fucking video games or drink or whatever the shit. So it's just, it's, 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 we haven't, not a whole lot of, uh, uh, like, coupling time here recently, you know, not, not for, you know, not because we don't want to, it's just because we got a lot of shit going on right now, you know? So, one of these days we'll we'll finish this series up and on to the next. I still gotta, like I said, I still gotta get back into um, House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. Which, honestly, I might just fucking restart them and just watch them with my wife. Because now that she's out of the hospital. Because those shows were coming out and she was in the hospital, so I was just at the house by myself. So I I could watch it when you know whenever I wanted but now that she's home like I may just like say hey let's just restart this shit and start them over like I already forgot what was really going on anyways so <laughs> Um and I got to check out this fucking Star Wars show um or. like I've watched all the Star Wars stuff Disney's put out right Um for the most part it's pretty much all enjoyable Star Wars you know Star Wars is it's fucking like know it's popcorn shit you know it's a space opera so i can kind of handle a little camp or silliness with star wars it's like you know i want to say it's for kids because that's like reductive because there's like entire generations of people that like this shit but it's you know it's supposed to be more family-friendly leaning than than not so but apparently this new series andor is uh pretty fucking awesome and pretty Um, you know, if you like, if you like, you know, it's, it's the prequel to Rogue One. So if you like Rogue One and tonally speaking, um, then it's just more of that, right? A little bit more on the adult leaning, um, Star Wars than stuff like Clone Wars or, and, uh, you know, the Mandalorian and stuff like that. Um, but I, yeah, I really want to check it out. I just haven't, haven't, you know, my son's still young enough where even if you know to watch any like a lot of these shows you know especially the house of the dragon like he <laughs> doesn't need to be watching any game of thrones any of that shit for a long time but even some of these star wars shows like i still want to wait a little bit before i you know he doesn't really have the attention span anyways like he's still watching bluey and Cocoa Melon and, and shit like that. So, the idea of trying to sit them down for an hour and watch an episode of Rings of Power or something, like, even if I wanted to, like, that shit ain't happening. So, I don't really get like to watch any of this stuff during the day. And then at night, a lot of the times, I get, I'm choosing, or like, all right, I got two hours before bed. I can either watch, you know, a movie or a couple episodes of the show or I can play video games or whatever. And a lot of times here recently, it's been, Hey, I'm going to play chivalry. (laughs) So, um, but like I said, I'm starting to die off on it a little bit. So maybe I'll try and catch up on some of these, some of these shows and try and catch up on, you know, I have so many fucking movies to watch that I own that I haven't even seen right, because I buy all my stuff digitally, so, which may may or may not be, end up being the smart thing to do, but fuck it, it's, I don't like stuff in my house, like, I'm not a collector or a hoarder or any of that shit, so, if I can own things and it just exists in the fucking cloud, like, I'm way cooler with that <laughs> than it taking up a shelf that I have to fucking look at, um, but anyways, like, there'll be sales all the time, and I just, like, will buy like 10, 12 fucking movies that I've never seen just so I own them. And then this, this, this has been happening for going on for years. So I have just like dozens, dozens of movies just sitting there that I still haven't watched that I've owned for fucking years. Right. And then, you know, access to all these streaming services, they're pumping out shit all the time. Or, you know, I have HBO, so they put a lot of classic movies on there stuff that I've always wanted to see, but never had access to, or, You know, a lot of films from like the 20s and 30s and 40s that I've been watching over the years, you know. So a lot of times, if I think I have enough time to watch a film, right, it's like, all right, I got three hours. I can definitely watch most movies. I'll spend half an hour trying to figure out which fucking movie to watch. (laughs) And then by the time I pick it, I'm like, oh, well, this is like a two and a half hour movie and it's already you know, like two hours, I'm going to go to bed. So it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to watch this. So I try and find something that's like 90 minutes. By the time I find something that's 90 minutes that I actually want to watch, I have 60 minutes before I go to bed. So I just end up watching Rick and Morty and getting high. So that's, <laughs> that's part of the reason why I don't fucking watch movies anymore. Um, cause I'm just so, I have too much to choose from and I'm too indecisive and. Yeah, and I'm the same way with fucking video games. I have half a dozen video games that I own that I haven't even started because I keep playing the same game, you know, like Halo or Chivalry for fucking eight days. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah, I still have these, like, you know, these little indie games or, you know, like I still have, uh, like, two Assassin's Creed games that I haven't even started because i keep thinking about it like all right well i'm easily gonna put 100 hours into them like individually do i really want to start that right now no let's just go play a couple matches of halo (laughs) so yeah that's it's another thing it's like fucking video games man why 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 are we trying to make games so goddamn long right i get it they're expensive and shit but i'm fine like i'm fine with it just a linear 10 hour experience, you know. I don't need like even the got the newest God of War games, like they're not, they weren't linear like the old ones because you still have these like branching paths to go find jewelry or a side quest or do this and that, and then you do that enough and then you come back to the story and you're just like, Oh, yeah, what the fuck are we doing? You know, and I had that, that was kind of the problem I had with this recent Halo because it was open world right so you do a really fucking good cool like main story mission and then it throws you out into this just open wilderness and it's like all right go cool. do whatever go go halo go kill people so you do that for 10 hours and then you finally get to the second you know another like main story mission and you just already forgot what the fuck you the other mission was or what was even going on in the story because you just run around clearing bases for 20 hours right like if you're if if you're making a video game where there's an actual story and a good one at that i don't need to be diverted off that main story right just make the story good and i don't need a bunch of fluff gameplay bullshit so you, for trophies or achievements and collectibles and all that i don't need any of that shit just give me a really fucking good 10 12 hour long linear story that has, you know, the gameplay stays fresh or whatever, not overly repetitive, and that's all I need, you know. Some like and not every game needs to be open world. In fact, I, in fact, I I'd kind of wish we'd move away from the open world games because I feel like developers now they're like, oh, we're gonna make an open world game. All right, so how can we fit five hundred hours of content? <laughs> <laughs> but only like 60 hours is actually fun or even enjoy like creative or worth doing. So yeah, and I just you know getting older, I' got two fucking kids now. I don't I, I don't have time for a fucking four hour long experience so so yeah, I just need the open world games to like... Like, Starfield's coming out next year, and I so fucking can't wait to play Starfield. But then I'm also afraid of Starfield because they keep talking about all the shit. Like, oh, it's got a thousand planets, and each one's, like, fully developed. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I will die before finishing this game. Like, that kind of stuff. (sighs) I just just can't, I can't, can't commit. Can't commit to it. (laughs) Unlike this podcast. Um, fully committed. All right. Well, ah, it's getting it's getting late on my end, so I'm gonna call it forty minutes. That's on par. That's pretty average. So, um, but yeah, um, enjoy all this week. Stay positive, and I will uh, check in with you guys next week. Thank you.